What's happening, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to a brand new episode of Cabinet today for February the 21st of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. I do hope that this one finds you well, and for those that are brand new to the program, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry, and I pack it up in one tight, neat little show for you to enjoy on a nightly basis, Monday through Friday, around 7 p.m. Eastern Time over on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. Now, of course, then the show is put up on YouTube services and podcast services around the world for you to enjoy, not when it's live, but whenever you have time. And tonight, we have the end of an era, because Reggie Fisame, the Nintendo of America president, has announced that he is officially retiring as of April of 2019. So again, we'll talk more about that, and also the individual who is taking his place. Spoiler alert, he is incredibly qualified. On top of that, also coming to us from Kotaku's Jason Schreier, Guild Wars 2 developer ArenaNet has plans for mass layoffs. Of course, this is a trend uh, that we've seen amongst gaming development companies over the course of the past few months, and so we will talk more about this most recent rumor of some new layoffs in the gaming sphere. On top of that, Overkill's The Walking Dead is apparently still coming out on consoles, even though recent reports have hinted that it will not. And of course, the game didn't perform all that well, but I suppose well enough to warrant getting some kind of version on console, so we'll talk more about that. Capcom has no post-launch DLC plans for Devil May Cry 5. Samsung is apparently, according to a rumor, partnering with Valve for Galaxy S10 Steam Streaming to the newest Samsung device. Microsoft is rumored to be bringing Game Pass and published titles to the Switch. A lot of rumors tonight. Skull and Bones, a game that some of you might remember from a couple of E3s ago, is getting a TV show ahead of the game's release. And finally, Marvel's Spider-Man is getting a permanent price drop. That's right, one of the best games of 2018 is now officially all the way down to 40 bucks. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, but that is pretty much the lineup for today's show. And again, I do hope you enjoy what we talk about here today. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. Our headline story of the day, Nintendo of America President Reggie Fisame is officially retiring. Reggie Fisame's body is no longer ready. The longtime president of Nintendo America is stepping down on April the 15th to be replaced by marketing man Doug Bowser, Nintendo said in a press release today. That is right. His name is actually Doug Bowser, as in the enemy of the Mario franchise. Uh, but Fisame, who was with Nintendo for 15 years, became an instant gamer celebrity when he took the company's stage at E3 of 2004 and declared, quote, My name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass, I'm about taking names, and we're about making games. He was one of the iconic publisher's most public personalities, frequently representing Nintendo at events and in live presentations, and injecting charisma into a company that could otherwise at times feel robotic. Alongside legendary Mario creator Sigiro Miyamoto and the late president Satoru Iwata, Fisame was one of Nintendo's main public faces for over one entire decade. Now, of course, here are the release notes, a couple of inside tips, if you will. I really appreciate everything Reggie has done for Nintendo, said Furukawa, president of Nintendo Company Limited. Inside and outside our company, Reggie is known as an exceptional leader. We are grateful that he is leaving the business in good shape with strong momentum. While we will miss him and we wish him the very best in his retirement, we are also pleased to have such an able successor ready to step into that role. Doug Bowser and the rest of the team will ensure a seamless transition and continued momentum from Nintendo. Quote, Nintendo owns a part of my heart forever, Fisame said. 
It's a part that is filled with gratitude for the incredibly talented people I've worked with, for the opportunity to represent a wonderful brand, and most of all, to feel like a member of the world's most positive and enduring gamer community. As I look forward to departing in both good health and good humor, this is not game over for me, but instead leveling up to more time with my wife, family, and friends. And on top of that, it has been my great fortune to work with and be mentored by Reggie for four years at Nintendo, Bowser said, the replacement for Reggie. And rest assured, we will continue to build on his work to evolve and expand our brand, furthering Nintendo's global mission of creating smiles. There are millions more of those to come. And so we have the end of an era because as far back as I can remember, at least as far back as I have been paying attention to E3 and conferences and stuff like that, uh, Reggie has always been in the center of the stage and really the center of the show. Uh, whenever there's any kind of large announcement, he is more than likely going to be involved in it in some kind of way, shape, or form. And in a way that is not obtrusive, he was never somebody that I didn't look forward to seeing. He's just a genuinely great face for the gaming industry. And I would say really did shape Nintendo into the company that it is today. Uh, without the guidance of Fisame, you would not be seeing a Switch that is on the same level of success as we see going into the first quarter of 2019. It really is an impressive status that he has been able to achieve both for himself and also for Nintendo as a company. Now, without a doubt, though, Doug Bowser is a very qualified individual. In fact, I wrote an article on this entire situation with the retiring of Fisa May and the adoption of Bowser uh, over on Medium. You can find that linked on my YouTube page. Uh, but essentially, Doug Bowser is a very experienced individual who has worked with EA uh, amongst other gaming companies. And on top of all of that, he is just a very uh, gamer-centric oriented individual. He has been with the Nintendo for a number of years, starting back in 2015, uh, and eventually graduated to Senior Vice President of sales and marketing, if I remember correctly, something along those lines. Uh, but at the end of the day, very able to fill the position of Reggie, but at the end of the day, the true end of the day, I'm talking five o'clock when you go home and you're tired and you've run out of coffee and the coffee that's there is still stale. Uh, that end of the day, you can't replace Reggie. You just can't. He is always going to be somebody who was iconic, uh, who was an individual, who was irreplaceable in the gaming industry, and somebody who truly has left their mark uh, globally on where gaming is today. Uh, so with those words, I wish Reggie the best of luck. He has done some incredible stuff. And again, the gaming industry overall, wouldn't be where it is today without Reggie's impressions. Now, moving on to the next story of the day, also written by Jason Schreier over at Kotaku, Guild Wars 2 developer ArenaNet has plans for mass layoffs. That's bad. ArenaNet, the studio behind the popular online games Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2, informed employees today that it is planning big layoffs according to a person who is there. Although ArenaNet did not give out exact numbers, they may not be finalized. Rumors floating around the studio signal that a significant number of people will be let go. Song Yi Yoon, the CEO of Korean publisher NCSoft West, which owns ArenaNet, emailed employees this afternoon with the news. Our live game business revenue is declining as our franchises age. Delays in development on PC and mobile have created further drains against our revenue projects, while our operating costs in the West have increased, she wrote. Where we are is not sustainable and is not going to set us up for future success. Yoon added that the company plans to cut costs across the organization and restructure across the board, merging ArenaNet and NCSoft's publishing divisions in the process. The restructuring, cost-cutting, and strategic realignments are all being done to secure our tomorrow and to provide the foundation that will allow us to grow and acquire, she wrote. 
Later this afternoon, ArenaNet CEO Mike O'Brien plans to meet with staff to discuss the layoffs further, and that meeting has been held. Around 400 people work at ArenaNet, and for the past few years they've been working on a number of unannounced projects, according to one person familiar with the goings-on at the company. However, that person said slow development progress combined with a lack of new games in 2018 and 2019 has led to a financial squeeze. ArenaNet's last release, the Path of Fire expansion for Guild Wars 2, launched all the way back in September of 2017. Now, this news comes in the wake of widespread cost-cutting measures at NCSoft. Last September, NCSoft shut down Wildstar developer Carvine Studios, and earlier this year, it began plans to reduce staff at the mobile studio Iron Tiger. In its financial earnings call earlier this week, NCSoft reported an annual decline in PC revenue. Now, there has not been any kind of official comment at the time of this podcast, but... I have seen some people talking on Twitter that it has been confirmed. Uh, this is all factual. This is stuff that is happening. And of what I understand, they aren't going to be let go of immediately in a Telltale-esque kind of way. Instead, if these rumors are to be believed and if these employees are to be believed that are speaking out on Twitter, uh, the company is treating everybody that is potentially being affected very well and they're being very transparent about the entire process. Of what I gather, two months of compensation, two months of, two months of severance, excuse me, is going to be given at the end of their employment. And at the time of this podcast, again on February the 21st at around 7, 10 p.m., we don't know exactly who is going to be affected. We don't exactly know which employees are going to be laid off and people don't know about their futures with ArenaNet. Now, if I had to guess, I would say you could be seeing upwards of about half of the company laid off. That's just my estimation. Again, I have been kind of keeping up in a very loose way what's going on with Guild Wars and with ArenaNet, and it's not looking good. The game is just not where it needs to be uh, to sustain development for one entire studio, essentially, and also with NCSoft Publishing, stuff like that. It's a very complex issue. But with that being said, as always, you know, anybody that is affected by this, it always sucks to lose your job, no matter where you work, uh, whether that be at Walmart or whether that be at ArenaNet or Telltale or Activision, wherever it might be, it always sucks when you lose your job. Uh, so again, everybody that is affected, I hope you land on your feet. Again, this is not exactly the same situation that we've seen in the past. It does sound like this company is treating its employees fairly well, even on their departure. Uh, but... We'll see what happens, and I will let you guys know when we know more factual information, more concrete information about what is happening behind the scenes over there at ArenaNet. But shockingly enough, we've been talking about Overkill's The Walking Dead for the past couple of weeks, and it seems like the game itself is not as dead as we all thought. Despite recent reports, Overkill's The Walking Dead apparently is still actually on track for consoles. Rise from your grave, it very well could. Despite reports to the contrary, 505 Games has announced that troubled co-op shooter Overkills of the Walking Dead has not been cancelled on PS4 and Xbox One and is merely in a state of extended postponement. That doesn't sound good. I read that and see life support. The stories of said title's cancellation came after some pre-ordered customers started receiving refunds from Point of Retail, with some of these retailers stating that they had been told by Overkills the Walking Dead's publisher that the ports had been canned. 505 then issued a statement saying that the console editions of the drab PC shooter were still going ahead as planned. You have to appreciate their tenacity. Despite some amazing marketing promos, Overkill's The Walking Dead launched to a general apathy from critics and fans, even with some of its developers blowing the whistle on a supposedly terrible period of development. The console ports were expected to have launched this month, and there is currently no release date as of right now, but the game is out on PC. Uh, this screenshot that I'm showing right now, that is nothing 
like the game itself. The game does not look nearly that good. Uh, overall, as I said, I believe that was yesterday, a couple of podcast episodes ago, whatever it might be, uh, the game itself just did not live up to the fans' expectations. There was a general understanding that this was going to be a stellar Walking Dead FPS that people had been looking forward to for a very long time, and it just didn't live up. It, it just did not fulfill what people had expected it to fulfill. And so with that came, I suppose, less than stellar sales. Still pulled 3.7 million bucks in the last quarter of 2018, uh, but just nothing like it very well could have been if it had been a good game. To see it still on track for consoles isn't necessarily surprising, but will this actually see the light of day? That's still what I'm wondering, because whenever you see stuff like the PlayStation Store giving out refunds, that is definitely telling that there is something going on behind the scenes because if I know one thing about the PlayStation Store, it's that it can be very difficult to actually get your money back. Uh, so for them to be canceling pre-orders and just giving money back and saying this isn't happening, there's got to be something going on on the back end of this, and some people are just trying to kind of cover their tracks or change what's inevitably going to be coming. Now, I do hope the game comes out at some point because I'm sure there are going to be some people out there that do enjoy this. And that's one thing that I do want to, you know, mention here. Uh, even if you hate a game, if everybody in general is in agreement that a game is not great, uh, there's still going to be some person out there that says this is their favorite game. And so I suppose you might as well go ahead and release it uh, if you do have the funds for that and if it makes sense in a financial way. Uh, but right now, as of this podcast, it does seem like The Walking Dead is still on track to come out on the PS4 and the Xbox One alongside its PC release, which again is already out. Uh, so will this be a summer release? Will it be a fall release? Will it be canceled altogether? You'll have to tune in next time because, man, there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff up in the air over there behind the scenes at 505 Games and Overkill. But moving on to the next story of the day, finally some good news, if I do say so myself. Capcom has no post-launch DLC plans for Devil May Cry 5. In what has become a break from the norm, Capcom is not releasing any post-launch DLC for Devil May Cry 5, with the exception of the free Bloody Palace update. Matt Walker, a producer on the game, announced the lack of plans in answer to a fan on Twitter. The two previous Devil May Cry games, DMC Devil May Cry and Devil May Cry 4, were both replete with costumes and weapons to buy post-launch, so it's nice to know in advance that what you're buying is all you're going to need going forward. Uh, the point that I want to drive home with this one is that it is incredibly sad and also incredibly telling uh, that in today's day and age, we have to have a Game Informer article that says there is not going to be any kind of post-launch DLC. That is literally, in a nutshell, where the gaming industry is in 2019. Now, with that being said, I want to see more of this. I want to see more uh, no post-launch DLC. I want to see games that are released and that are complete and that are ready to be played until they cannot be played anymore. That is the kind of stuff that I like to see. Now, there are some styles of game releases uh, that do warrant having some kind of DLC, such as Apex Legends. It is a free-to-play game where you can buy new skins, new DLC stuff that is going to be released over the next few months. That makes sense because you aren't paying for the game. In a $60 release, let's say, for instance, Black Ops 4, I shouldn't have to be buying loot boxes after I have spent $60 or even more, depending on what edition of the game I got, on your specific game. That's not how things should work. Uh, so to see Capcom going ahead and taking this step and saying, hey, Devil May Cry 5 is Devil May Cry 5. That's all you're going to get. You're going to get a free update, but nothing else. That is a pretty good look for the game and also a good look for the company going into 2019. 
So hopefully more games are going to follow this kind of idea. Uh, but as for right now, we will see how Devil May Cry 5 does. But of what I've seen, combat looks pretty good. And on top of that, again, no DLC. Nice. So, you could be playing some Steam games on your Samsung Galaxy S10, assuming you're some kind of super rich individual, or you just got a new phone. Uh, but Samsung is partnering with Valve for Galaxy S10 Steam streaming, and again, this is a rumor, but a very interesting rumor at that. Samsung might be teaming up with Valve to offer Steam games streaming on its latest flagship phones, according to WCCF Tech. The tech company unveiled its newest smartphones, the Galaxy S10 and the S10 Plus, during its unpacked press event in San Francisco on Wednesday. That's where word-of-mouth rumors reportedly began to circulate about the Samsung-Valve partnership. While WCCF Tech said the sources in question can be trusted as being in the know, the information is unofficial and unconfirmed at this time, just to make that very clear. But what is this rumor specifically? Quote, if you leave your PC on at home, you can actually stream from your PC to your phone, so you can actually play Steam games on your phone whilst your PC is on at home, sources claim. That actually sounds similar to the remote play feature Sony offers on its handheld console, the PlayStation Vita. By leaving a PS4 console turned on at home, a Vita owner can stream certain games via a wireless connection, or they can use the handheld as a secondary screen. Valve also offers game streaming to smartphones via its Steam Link app, which is currently in beta on Android and Raspberry Pi. The app lets Steam users stream games to their phones via their home's wireless networks. It also allows them to pair a controller via Bluetooth, but it only works inside the home on a local network connection, meaning you can't sit, say, in a bus terminal and play your Steam games on your Steam Link app. Uh, and again, that's kind of a bummer because that's when most people would be wanting to play their games. But the Galaxy S10 and the S10 Plus will start at $900 and $1,000 respectively. Pre-orders for the devices begin on February the 21st, and they officially hit store shelves on March the 8th. Among the line's features is an ultrasonic fingerprint reader that is directly integrated into the screen, which means people can unlock their phones simply by touching the glass. This is where we all go, ooh. The phones also have a wireless charging feature that is capable of acting up as a backup battery for other devices like smartwatches. The S10 has a 6.1-inch dynamic AMOLED display screen, while the S10 Plus is a 6.4. And of course, there is no comment as of right now. Uh, but very cool to see this kind of technology potentially, again potentially, being integrated into the Samsung Galaxy S10. Uh, because I think it's something that would definitely appeal to some people, especially if it is something that is able to be played on the go. Now, I do understand why uh, in-home streaming is something that a lot of people want, because let's say that you live with roommates or let's say that you live with your family, uh, whatever it might be, and let's take the family scenario. Your kid comes in and wants to use the computer to, I don't know, do homework or play Fortnite, whatever they might, what, what, what do kids do these days? And so you reluctantly, as the father you are, give up your computer, you could viably if you're playing Rocket League, for instance, a game that works very well, if you do have just a virtual style of touchpad, uh, take your phone and go lay on the couch and continue playing your game, hypothetically, uh, if that is what you wanted to do. Now, again, will this work in exactly that way? Who really knows? Uh, but if that is something that people want, then I would assume the same kind of desire is existent uh, for people that are on the go that do want to sit again, you know, in public and play games. If you're going to college, uh, you could leave your computer on at home and boom, you're playing, I don't know, The Witcher on your cell phone. Is that possible? The future, man. It's crazy. Uh, but if you did want to check out the S10, I will say 
Very good looking phone and the watch lineup looks pretty solid as well. But again, I'm going to stick with my iPhone 7 uh, because number one, it's a cheap phone. Number two, my contract's not nearly up. And number three, I just text and call people and I don't do either of those very often. Uh, but I'm always on Twitter and Twitter works very well on the iPhone 7. So if you're in the market for a new phone and you do want to see if your Steam library could potentially be able to be played on your new device, then check out the Samsung Galaxy S10 for a crisp screen, a beautiful camera, or you can check out that folding one that isn't going to sell very well at $1,400. However, big news for Switch owners, Microsoft is apparently, reportedly, bringing Game Pass and published titles to the Switch. This could be big. According to a report from outlet Direct Feed Games, an outlet that has a strong track record for rumors especially centering around Nintendo, Microsoft and Nintendo are about to get together in a big way in the near future. Not only will some Microsoft games find their way to the Switch, but it looks like the entire Game Pass library may arrive via the magic of streaming. Let me break that down for you one more time. The entire Game Pass library could arrive via the magic of streaming. That is the Gears games, that is the Halo games, that is Sea of Thieves, for instance, that is Crackdown 3. Everything on Game Pass being playable on the Nintendo Switch is a complete and total game changer. Now, moving on. The report states that Microsoft is looking into publishing some of their own catalog to the Switch in the form of actual ports. This is in no way strange for Microsoft, who has dabbled in things like lending out rare games on the Nintendo systems and developing and publishing games on Nintendo consoles, such as Minecraft. Microsoft-owned developers like Ninja Theory and Obsidian are still self-publishing their games on the Switch and other systems as well. The game specifically mentioned by DirectFeed is Ori and the Blind Forest, a crown jewel in Microsoft's lower key publishing initiatives. Additionally, the report goes on to say that Microsoft will be leveraging their announced Project X Cloud streaming service to bring Xbox One games to the Switch. While the Switch can't natively play as a hypothetical example Gears 5, it could potentially stream it over the internet. This will be done through Game Pass, which allows players to subscribe to a service to access a Netflix-style library of games. In talking with our own sources, they say Game Informer, it has been suggested that the announcement of Game Pass on Switch could come as soon as this year. This is not surprising as Microsoft has been eager to expand Game Pass out as far as they can, announcing plans to revamp it for PC, of which there is limited support right now. Project xCloud is a means to an end to get people who don't own Xbox products to spend money on Xbox services, making the Switch a perfect vector for it. For Nintendo, it means games that are unfeasible on the console due to hardware limitations can come to the Switch in some form and provides an added value for them. This particular avenue is also not new to Nintendo, which has been experimenting with using cloud streaming as a way to play technologically demanding games for a few months now in Japan. Games like Resident Evil 7 and Assassin's Creed Odyssey have Switch ports in Japan, streaming a special version from a local server. Game Pass on the Switch would be no different. Now, of course, they have speculated about tons of this kind of technology over there at Game Informer, but right now, uh, this could be absolutely game-changing. Uh, for Nintendo and also for Xbox overall because just think about that install base for Game Pass after that because let's say you pay 10 bucks a month you literally pretty much have an Xbox One merged with your Nintendo Switch or at least the highlights of the Xbox One lineup are now on the Nintendo Switch that is something that 
young me, like very young me, would have absolutely died for. That is crazy. Uh, now the question is, can they integrate multiplayer together? Can you play, uh, I don't know, Gears of War 5, as the example in the article did say, uh, on the Nintendo Switch and have a multiplayer match against somebody playing on the Xbox One? I would assume you could. Uh, that's something that is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, but on top of that, I'm thinking about the potential for games being ported to the Switch from the Xbox lineup, and one specifically comes to mind. Of course, they mention Ori in the Blind Forest. I personally uh, would love to see ReCore come to the Nintendo Switch. I think that game would be right at home, uh, and I think it's one that is very underappreciated for this generation of consoles. ReCore is a fantastic game, uh, one that is just truly worth your time if you are getting around to playing something in your backlog. Uh, but we'll see what happens with this. Again, uh, could this happen this year? Absolutely. I would go ahead and go out on a limb and say that you might be seeing... I suppose I was going to say Reggie Fisame, but that's not happening anymore. Uh, you could be seeing Doug Bowser on the stage at E3 with Microsoft announcing Game Pass integration uh, with Xbox Game Pass or Nintendo Switch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it could be a big deal going into the conference season. So I'll keep you guys up to date as to what happens. But as for right now, the rumors are beginning to fly and there is nothing better than a flying rumor. But if you are into television shows instead of playing games, I've got a good pirate show for you. Skull and Bones, the incredibly generic title, uh, but a game that looks incredibly good, is getting a TV show ahead of the game's release. Skull and Bones, Ubisoft's upcoming ship combat game, taking the much acclaimed feature from the Assassin's Creed games and spinning it off into its own game, is coming out later in the year. Before it hits, however, Ubisoft is partnering with a TV studio to show off the pirate-oriented world. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Ubisoft is working on adapting the game as a, quote, female-driven drama set in the lawless frontier of the Indian Ocean at the end of the Golden Age of Piracy in the 1700s. That is all the details that we have so far, but it is a strong vote of confidence from Ubisoft for the delayed game which is intended to release this year. Ubisoft recently announced a commitment to expand to further adaptions, having announced Child of Light and Werewolves Within adaptations as part of their Ubisoft film initiative. Skull and Bones is releasing for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC later on this year. And again, for those that don't know, as the article briefly mentioned, uh, Skull and Bones is a game that is literally the Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag combat, but fleshed out a bit more. And it really does look fantastic of what I saw from a couple of E3s back. Now, will this game actually come out in 2019? It could. And I would highly recommend a name change because Skull and Bones just sounds like, I don't know, one of those games you would get from a Burger King kid's meal or like a, a cereal box where it's on the flat, the floppy disk or the DVD drive and you put it into your computer. It just doesn't seem like a $60 title. That's all I'm trying to say here. The game looks great. It's Ubisoft. I have faith. But man, I don't know about that title. Uh, so... If you did want to watch the TV show, which again is a female-driven drama set in the lawless frontier of the Indian Ocean at the end of the Golden Age of Piracy in the 1700s, uh, then you should definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, more than likely by the end of the year, I would assume, if that is when the game is supposed to be coming out. So, very short time span to throw that show together unless it's been in the makings for quite a while. But hopefully, at the very least, we'll get the game out on the PS4, Xbox One, and the PC. But until then, you'll probably need something to play. Good news, Marvel's Spider-Man, one of the best games of 2018, is now officially 40 bucks. It's a good deal. 
So as 2019 releases uh, rev up, the game studios are starting to offer big discounts on some of last year's major releases. Last week, Sony took 20 bucks off of one of the best games of 18, Marvel's Spider-Man, bringing it down to $39.99. The company confirmed to Polygon that it is, in fact, a permanent price drop. This is not the first time that we've seen Spider-Man at that price. On Black Friday, Sony discounted Spider-Man by 20 bucks, again down to 40 bucks, and it has been available periodically since November for around that price. The permanent price drop just makes it official, and of course, this is no shocker, uh, because quite frankly, the game has made bundles and bundles and, and warehouses full of money. It is absolutely a sensation worldwide. I still think about how good the game is. I haven't played it since I platinumed it, but oh my gosh. It looks beautiful. The gameplay is gorgeous. Uh, everything about the game is so well done. And it's just a must play for this generation. It is just fantastic. Uh, so if you have not played it, again, 40 bucks gets you a lot of game. Very fun time to be had within Marvel Spider-Man. And now, I would love to see some more stuff get discounts like this, but we have seen God of War get knocked down a couple of weeks back. We've seen Detroit Become Human get the same kind of treatment. Shadow of the Colossus Remastered, all of that good stuff is beginning to really go down in price. So, what is the overall point to drive home here? If you don't have a PlayStation 4 and you're in the market for a used first version of the PlayStation 4, or if you happen to find one laying in a ditch on the side of the road, uh, number one, you're living in the right part of town. Uh, number two, pick it up and you can get some games for some relatively cheap prices and you can get a really good time out of it. Uh, I always say the best time to jump into any console generation is always at the end of it because then you can go back and you know what games were hyped up that didn't work out and you know what games weren't hyped up that turned out to be sleeper hits. Uh, so you can pick and choose which games you really want to go out and play, but Spider-Man, without a doubt, is one of the best that I have played on the PlayStation 4 in total. And I'm a day one dude. Like, it's been a long run on the PS4, but man, that's a good game. However, with all that being said, I hope you guys have enjoyed tonight's show. And if you did, be sure to drop me a like down below if you are watching on YouTube. And of course, if you are watching on Twitch, I appreciate you being here. And again, the show is hosted five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time over on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. But as for right now, I'll be back tomorrow for Friday's episode of The Drop. And until then, you guys have a fantastic rest of the night. I'll talk to you soon and peace.